0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode 5 of this new season of Tales from a Very Minor Celebrity, a delve into my celebrity archive, a look back at some of my favourite interviews from my career in radio and TV, which spans over 30 years now. Michael Kieran Parker is better known by his stage name, Michael Barrymore. He was born in 1952, and during the 1980s, 90s and noughties, he hosted shows such as Strike It Lucky, My Kind of People, My Kind of Music, Kids Say the Funniest Things, and his own variety show, Barrymore. And in 1993, he headlined the Royal Variety Performance. At his peak, he was voted the UK's favourite television star several times and became one of the highest-paid performers on television from the mid-1980s through to the late 1990s. But Barrymore's television career effectively ended after the death of Stuart Lubbock in 2001, following a party at Barrymore's house in Essex. He tried for many years to revive his TV career. He appeared as a guest or contestant in a number of celebrity-style programs, which culminated with him being named runner-up in the 2006 edition of Celebrity Big Brother. When I met him, he was promoting his one-man show at London's Wyndham's Theatre back in 2003. The latest in a long line of comeback attempts.
1: It's just a natural instinct to want it to be a success, but I mean, I'm, I'm sensible enough and grown up enough to, to take it, you know, take it as it, as it comes, it'll be what it'll be. Yeah. And, and I, and a career doesn't center around one part in your life. If it doesn't work out, well, then I'd be very sad, but I couldn't, I wouldn't hang on to it. And. And go on to the next thing and if the next thing doesn't work then uh, i'm running out of options yeah uh, but then i'll deal with that when, when and
2: if it comes are you phoning up every morning to to see about ticket sales
1: i, I don't get into that no i really don't go down that road I, i'll go out whoever's there i will perform <laughs> i don't I forget. i started a long time ago you know with literally a few people in the audience it's uh it's it's not that I'm asking for that, but, uh, you know, they've, they've sold the tickets. I mean, I started with three weeks. Um, it's now seven. So I don't think in today's world that people take chances no. with uh,
2: booking that, an expensive theatre for for their health. In fact, I phoned up the box office uh, out yeah. of interest and asked them how the tickets were going. Do you want to know? No. All right. I won't tell what? you. You're going to tell me? Not going badly. No. That's what they said. They were happy. Well, if they're happy, then um, yeah. uh, what more can I say? you're involved with a film as well
1: yeah peaches manor yeah, yeah. i'll start
2: next year what's that about
1: it's about um an, an essex uh family of villains called the peaches who uh, live in maligan decide to come back to essex to get to uh, legitimize themselves uh, by a pig farm in essex and their version of being essex they see all the county squires going around in range rovers
2: yeah
1: but the peaches one has got uh, six wheels and stretched and blacked out windows it's their version of it and uh I play uh, the henchman who looks after the governor, Ray Petchy, called Flowers, and yeah. my nickname's Bunches, and uh,
2: he's got a slight stammer. You've been very critical of how you were treated by ITV. Mm. How would you have treated you?
1: Um, I, I well, I would have gone back to the old days where I believe that um, like the old school, like Lou Grades, when they were running it, they would have gone, "What's gone on here? Brought, uh, got everything in, found out the. Both sides of the story and not yeah. just gone down the road road of uh, uh, allowing the tabloids to run their company or run what they make their decisions for them mm. or in fact affect their decisions I uh, found out both sides of the story and then said that you know we, we, we know what what the situation is um, and we'll run our company how we want to thank you very much we won't be told how to run it that's all mm. simple as that and, and yeah give it a period of time and and and, and tell me to go go away and and, and for a while until Time
2: heals these things and deals with it. And what about your friends uh, in the industry? Um, mm. Have they have they all stood by you?
1: Well, yeah, the really close ones have, actually. My production team and everybody that I know and everybody that worked with me, I talk to them every, you know, most weeks. Yeah. And uh, they've been very supportive, as much as they can be. You yeah. know? They can only just say, look, you just hang in there and just keep yourself well. And it's important I keep myself well at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, because if you're not well, you're not good for anything. Yeah. You know? And, and, and if, I, if, if I haven't got me, which I've now found, which took all these years, I've, I, I won't have much to offer to get on stage and make yeah. people forget their problems for two and a half hours.
2: When was the last time you earned some money? When was the last time I earned some money? That's a good question. <laughs> oh, Australia and New Zealand, yeah. Yeah, but in England. Oh, quite a while ago. Yeah, why? Because you obviously earned a lot of money in your time. Yeah. Um, just how, well how, I had how, a piggy bank, wasn't I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how long will it last for? Oh, I don't know. I just, I don't. Could you retire and just go off somewhere? I suppose so, yeah. Yeah, I could do, yeah. But you wouldn't? I, I mean,
1: I haven't gone cap in hand to anybody. I wouldn't go back on television just for the sake of going back on television. No. Or just to bring the income in. But what the two years has allowed is allowed me to get well. That has to come before everything. Yeah. I can't consider monetary things or worry about, obviously I'll worry about that everybody does yeah. we've all got a mortgage or a rent to pay
2: do you still go to aa four yeah. times a week yeah so.
1: you gotta watch that you know when you're feeling really well that you don't get to think oh I'm really well now i don't yeah. need it that's the danger that's just as dangerous as when you're down yeah that's what got me unwell before yeah i've been in that 10 years at this time i've been two and a half years properly well
2: but right. in your business there so must be so many um, you know, people around you all the time, you know, drinking. You just in that sort of industry, aren't you?
1: Yeah, you can't avoid it completely, but um, I have there's none in the house or anything like that. I don't have any booze or anything no. like that. Can, nothing at all. But that's just a house rule. Yeah. You know, but if so, if I'm out I can't, you know. I don't sit there thinking, Cool. Blimey. do you mind not drinking that glass of wine in front of me? No. Funny enough, the night before I did Edinburgh, I was with all the TV execs, and they had a dinner and all that, and they're all sitting there, all your mob, the BBC <laughs> lot. And- and all swilling wine, not one of them <laughs> swigging wine, and not one of them <laughs> turned around at any point and said, Michael, you don't mind if we don't have this, here." you? Yeah, absolutely. I no, don't go around with that. Alcoholic coming in, please, clear the deck. <laughs> well,
2: they don't need to, you know, you don't need to, everyone knows, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I'm an open book. <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I know. you got, you know, no secrets.
1: No, nothing it's- at all. Everything's been laid out there. My whole life's been like that. I've never got up one morning and thought I'm going to have a bad day. But God said, "Look, Barrymore, you've had some good bits. Now you're going to have some bad ones.
2: Now deal with that." And uh, um, have you spoken to Cheryl recently? No, I haven't. No, 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 it's a shame
1: that it's still like that. But you know, that that there's so many things to deal with in your life. You know, yeah. I just uh, I'm talking think- to, I'm talking to you today, and I'm, I'm dealing with that. Yeah. with that well that's not to deal with it I've, I've enjoyed talking to you but I mean it's weird you know you get relaxed with some people and other people you think oh you know I think it's just that we all live off each other an in instinct for each other it's weird and mm-hmm. I have no instinct as to where Cheryl's mind is at the moment or what she's thinking but I never wanted to end it to end nasty anyway but it did unfortunately but that's how it goes right. again because it's played out in the public forum it can all, all get a bit misrepresented and versions yeah. of what the truth is you know which unfortunately is a bit sad
0: Michael Barrymore. Now, that show at the Wyndham Theatre, which he was promoting, was scheduled to run up to the 11th of October 2003, then after a two-week break, run until the 8th of November the same year. Unfortunately, just four days into the run, Barrymore pulled out of all future performances after he told producers that he was left distraught by bad ticket sales and lukewarm audience reaction. Barrymore was supposed to be competing on Dancing in Ice in 2020, but he had to pull out of that due to injury. When this interview was aired, it polarised listeners' opinion, with several contacting the radio station to say that it should not be broadcast. We had to remind people that Barrymore had never been charged with any offence, so there was absolutely no reason to pull the interview. It's the first and only time that I've had that sort of reaction to anyone that I'd interviewed. But I was glad that the management stuck to their convictions and ignored the detractors. But it just goes to show how an awful event like the death of Stuart Lubbock at Barrymore's house during that party and anything like that is very hard to shake off and Barrymore has never been able to do it. Now next week, another celebrity who split public opinion until, that is, she died tragically at such a young age. Jade Goody was an interviewer's delight. There was virtually no question she wouldn't answer with sometimes unnerving honesty. And of course, you did uh, celebrity wife swap as well, yeah. which was a huge hit. I did that with um, Charles Ingram, and it was actually when I actually met him, I thought, "Oh my god," because I didn't know when that. When I felt Charles Ingram, oh my god, is the cheap for everyone seeing me, Yeah, and that was my first thought. Of, that was my first thing. Oh my god! And he's like. Oh, and he, all he kept trying to do was justify himself. He never cheated, he never done anything. It was boring after one. I was like, look, child, I reckon you cheated. So I think <laughs> you should stop trying to tell me that you didn't. Um, I think Then we had a massive argument. I think, and after the argument, I actually kind of to, to get on the with him. And he's forever singing my praises, besting him. He's not a nasty man. That's Jade Goody next week on more tales from a very minor celebrity.